Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And this week you get two cases brought to me by, brought to me. You're so selfish. Yeah. It's brought to me by me. (laughs) Brought to your eardrums by Charnel this week. We're going to do When Karma Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are going to be some good cases. They are. And unfortunately I don't have survivors for you, but I do have two cases where... I feel like you're serving us a helping of justice, though. I am. With some karma. I am. Karma is going to come in because actually these both of these lovely girls, in some way, shape, or form, did help solve their case. Yay. So I love it. I always love me some good... Some good karma. Some good karma. A nice heaping pile of justice. Yeah. It's always good. Wow. Let's put that on a shirt. <laughs> It's going on a shirt because we have shirts. Should we, we talk about the shirts? Yes. Real quick, you guys. We're, you know, last week we let you know that we're doing this drawing at the end of August uh, for if you want to pop us a review, you get put into the drawing. We're doing a fun basket. It's got booze. It's got, it's very crimey. Oh my gosh. It it's is a so, crimey basket. We are so excited about it. Yeah. It's so cute. I actually asked if I could get put in the drawing. I did tell her no. As <laughs> an employee that's not getting paid. You <laughs> it's a little unethical. Right. But it's this basket. Oh my gosh. It is so cute. We have shirts. We, we do. have we have shirts. Glasses. Wine. Gift card. Coffee. Coffee. Wine. Let's say it again. Wine. wine. <laughs> there will and it's all crime oriented. So it's yes. really just Really, I mean, if I do say so myself, super cute. Did we also say custom shirts? We've got the Crime Curious yeah. shirts. Exactly. And we're hoping to launch some merch at some point in time. Someday. But yeah, this is just a little bit of like a teaser. Just a gift to you guys. Teaser. So we just had another few minutes ago, another recommendation. She, this lovely lady said, my friend got me listening to this podcast and I absolutely love it. It makes my long, boring days at work a bearable. You girls do an amazing job at telling these stories and I look forward to every new episode. Totally love and recommend. Fantastic job. Thank you. Love it and love you. Yeah. So those are the types of things, you know, we're panhandling for or just some reviews. (laughs) (laughs) And it's- We got the pan out right now. It is not to pat ourselves on the back. It's simply uh, to help Play the algorithm game. It boosts us, get us out there. It helps uh, pop us into other people who have listened to true crime podcasts. Uh, It pops it into their, you know, here's some recommendations for you. So that's really, that's all it is. You don't have to, you know, if you really hate us, we understand. (laughs) Stop listening, please. (laughs) I was going to say we understand. Amber took it into a darker direction. I'm sorry. But it's so true, though. Like, why would you listen if you hated us? So I get it. Just pop, you know, if you like us, pop say a so. Review. You'll get put into the drawing. It'll be fabulous. And you know what? In all seriousness, though, it is so fun to give stuff away. I love it. I so this is just fun. Yeah. And I think we could make this a regular thing. It's it's the social work us, workers in us. We're mm-hmm. like the Oprah wannabes. Of you like, get a basket. Yes. You get a basket. Here's a t-shirt for you. Mm-hmm. Here's this. We, we, it's fun. We've got a lot of fun stuff uh, planned in the future. Maybe even a spinoff. We don't know. Uh, it's in the works. It maybe. Is. So anyway, but back to today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cases. 
cases about murder. So we have... <laughs> I don't know. Murder cases. I have no idea where that came from. I'm sorry. I like it. Do not apologize. Today we have, and I don't, this was completely on accident, but we have another Michigan case. I, I know, it's from- Chernel, I told you I was taking a break from Michigan. And here and I'm here, dragging here is, you back, back in my by life. your hair, kicking and screaming. It gets one more chance. Well, one more, no, I love Michigan. Love it, but this is Armada, Michigan. Okay. That's where this case t- takes place. And we're going to be talking about the beautiful April Millsap. She was born on January 2nd, 2000. And so she was really young. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. She lived with her mother, Jennifer, and her stepfather, David Lichtenfeld. And her mother's name was Jennifer uh, Millsap, sorry. And I told you, they were in the small village of Armada. And it's much like where we're from. It's a farming communi- community, has a population of about 2,000 people. Okay. So just a little small town. Mm-hmm. April was described as she's very caring, really loving, sweet. She was on the shy side, um, but she had a heart of gold and was always there for others. Because, of course, we are never going to find a teenage victim case where people thought they were big, fat, fat, you know, big fat jerks. Like, yeah, yeah. They, They're always teenagers good, are so good innocent. Kids. And I mean, not my four teenagers. Sometimes they really are big fat jerks, but we love them dearly. She anyway. she was no uh, Ken McElroy. Nope. So she wasn't. She instead was just a doll of a normal teenager. You know, just she had a really good group of friends. She did well in school. Um, she had a boyfriend that she was with for about a year and a half. So you know, long term for a teenager, mm-hmm. that's a really long that, time. That's a commitment for some adults. That's a really long time. <laughs> her mom had actually said that if she wasn't at school. Or hanging out with her friends, then she'd be on her computer playing some video games. Okay. She's a bit of a gamer. All right. She was in the school band and actually really talented at writing and really enjoyed that. She did a lot of like little short stories, but that's not what she wanted to do for a job. She actually had aspirations to be a vet. Aww. Yeah. So she had all kinds of talents. She did, and lots of lots of future goals. She really loved animals, really wanted to work with them. I get it. I haven't mm-hmm. met, you know, a 10-year-old that doesn't want to be a marine biologist. Oh, my gosh, right. I think I wanted to be one at first, Everybody too. did. Yep. But, yep, she wanted to be a vet. Uh, the other thing, and this is, it becomes a very key, important role later, she was really into her own health. And her own fitness. Oh, wow. Even even at a young age. And so her big thing is that she wanted to make sure that she got her daily steps in, which I know so oh many gosh. people like that. I know. I'm just like, I'm in awe of this girl because like, she's all the things I should have been. I was binging Doritos and <laughs> Mountain taking Dew. naps all the time. <laughs> she had a dog named Penny. And she would take Penny out for walks, and that would help close all of her circles on her fitness app to get her steps, get her steps in. in. Mm-hmm. I love it. They did hikes. There's actually a picture of Penny that I will post, just a doll Please of a dog. Do. Mm-hmm. So on July 24th, 2014, so at, at the time of her death, April is only 14 years old. So all of those things that I've just told you about how awesome she, she is. Only 14. Only 14. Mm-hmm looking to the future to become a vet, caring about her health and fitness, just being very mature 
for her age, I feel like. Absolutely. On July 24th, around 5.30, she goes uh, and takes Penny out for a walk. Her mom, Jennifer, actually said that she knew April was not a child to to stay out past dark, to break the rules, Mm -hmm. anything like that. So if she's taking her out at 5.30, now this is in July. In Michigan. Okay, so so longer daylight hours. Yes, yep, not like how it would already be dark by 5.30 if it was the winter. Oh, yeah, yeah, fall hits and it's like you're done at 5 p.m. Yeah, when she's gone for a couple of hours, it's not like a super red flag, like she's not beyond darkness, you know what I mean? But after it started to get dark is when April hadn't arrived home yet is when Jennifer was like, okay, you know, wait a second, what's going on? She was texting her, seeing where she was. Now, a couple hours go by and Jennifer had not received a reply to any of her messages to April, which was completely out of character for her as we see time and time again. She always responded back to her mom. She She was trying to call her. It went straight to voicemail. At this point in time, her mom knows something is completely wrong. Something's gone wrong. Penny and April are gone. It's starting to get dark. She's not responding to any text messages or phone calls. Like mama knows. No matter how many times we do these cases, my anxiety will always climb at these moments because it is such a horrible nightmare Mm -hmm. for a parent to have to have that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot imagine. I agree. Around 9 p.m. she had called the police and they came out. um, At this point in time it's been about three to four hours. The police come out to the house to take a report, get it more information. But at this point in time, her mom, Jennifer, was literally hyperventilating. Oh, She was inconsolable. She knew. I mean, to get to the point where you know you have to call the police to be worried about your 14-year-old daughter, it has got to be just a, a horrific experience. So she couldn't, like the police officers couldn't even take a report from her. Mm. They had to take it from David, his uh, April's stepfather. Because oh poor Jennifer was too... Um, oh, I get it. Oh, yes. I want to hug Jennifer. I know. Now, David was actually at work at the time. And so the officers had to call David and tell David, like, okay, we're at your house because your April is missing. And can you tell us? They need information. They need to know what she looks like. They need to know her height and weight, you know, yeah. approximately where she would go, you know, stuff like that. And her mom, her mom's just, just not able to. She can't get there. She is physically there, but she cannot report all of this stuff. So they had called David and had David tell him over the phone. David, of course, leaves work immediately. The police are continuing to question Jennifer. They ask what her plans were for the day, what she's wearing, where she would normally go. All the typical investigative questions. Now, Jennifer does mention April's boyfriend, Austin. So police get in contact with him to see if he had seen or heard from her. Austin told the police that he hadn't heard from April in a few hours, but the time he did was very concerning because April had texted Austin saying, quote, I almost got kidnapped, OMFG, end oh, quote. wow. Okay, so that's very... Suspicious. Yep. And that was at 6.28 p.m. So she leaves about 5.30. It's about an hour after she had left. And that's the text that she sends to her boyfriend. A few police officers stayed with Jennifer as they continue to question her and to support her while the other officers go back to the station to start the case and start looking for her. Unfortunately, it wasn't too much later when the police receive a 911 call from a man who had discovered April Millsap's body. Oh, no. And it actually wasn't um, just a man. He was um, with his girlfriend. I think it's his girlfriend or his wife. It was a couple, anyway, who 
happened to be taking a walk as well and stumbled upon her. So this was like hours yeah. after, very, very quickly, very quickly. they found the mm-hmm. body. Oh. Um, in the 911 call, he says, I'm fairly certain we just found a body along the mountain trail bike. I, excuse me, along the mountain bike trail. And the operator said, you don't believe that she's breathing? And he said, I don't think so. So the man who made this call was riding his bike with his wife. Oh, his wife. Yeah. I, I knew it was in my notes okay. somewhere. I just couldn't it was remember. was the wife. Mm-hmm. On one of April's favorite hiking trails, when a black dog who had still had its lead on, lead on but was without its owner approached him. The dog seemed panicked and would go up to him And then as if the dog was trying to lead him to the wooded area, the man followed the dog into the wooded area, which was just off the trails, and the dog ran right up to April's (gasps) body. Oh, was this her dog? This was her dog, Penny. Oh my gosh. Okay, my heart is breaking. I know. This is... So much. And this is really bad. Not really bad. It's... it's, This is really heartbreaking. Penny went and laid down next (gasps) to April. Of course she did. Yep. And was whining. Penny Penny went and got someone for oh, April. She knew that April was If you don't love dogs, <sighs> you're made of stone. Oh, absolutely. I just I mean it's okay for people to not be dog people, but to not understand when you hear stories like that, to they not understand are. how intuitive they are. They're miraculous creatures. They I are. love them so I mean, much. Humans don't deserve them, damn it. They really don't. Oh my goodness. Of course she like laid down and I know. I know, and you know, mm. I, I have my two babies, you have yours, we're totally mm. unhealthily in love with our dogs. It's a very unhealthy very, relationship. Very, it, it is, and and I am i don't care how unhealthy it is, I will continue oh, it. Oh, absolutely, me too. After this Without episode, question. I'm going to go tell them how beautiful they are and how much I love them. I might There's put that. a scarf on Geo later you and might. tell them how beautiful his paws beautiful. are. <laughs> right. April was identified at the crime scene due to the clothes that were found at the scene because her mom had said what she was wearing Mm -hmm. that day. Um, Her head was covered in blood and was found, and she was found partially undressed. Her shorts and underwear had been pulled down to her ankles, and her blouse seemed to have been ripped open and pulled down to her waist. In April's autopsy, there was no sign of sexual assault. There was no stab wounds or gunshot wounds. It's believed that she was beaten to death during a failed attempt to rape her. Oh my gosh. I just, I, why are people the way they are? This kid goes out for a walk with her dog. We will never understand. It's just, no matter how many times I hear these cases, it's just like, this kid was walking, I mean. Right, Mind, with her dog, minding her and own do business. People, I mean, obviously somebody just randomly had the urge to sexually assault her and try. Right. Like, and go then, on a hike and, and be it, a normal person. When it doesn't work, then we're just going to kill her. I mean, it's so I, sad. She, uh, the autopsy had said that she had footprints on her chest and neck, suggesting that her killer had stomped on her um, actually after she was already deceased. So, uh, so he was unsuccessful, which mm-hmm. means that she fought. Mm-hmm. So good for her. Right. And then he had to continue to take it out on her afterwards. Even afterwards. Mm-hmm. She sustained 48 separate injuries. Uh, there was clearly a lot of anger that was going on in this murder. Yeah, definitely. More than likely at himself, more than anything, just taking it out on her. Her official cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, um, causing a bleeding in her brain, along with suffocation by compression of the neck. So the FBI was brought in, detectives from Detroit. This was because Armada was, a, is, is, it's still there, um, a really small, small town. village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see that happen a lot with these small towns. They'll bring people in from bigger cities yeah. to help. Well, and they only had two full-time officers. 
So yeah, they definitely needed some some help here. They did have ten part time doing due to it be you know to part time oh. officers due to it being such a safe place and yeah you know, low crime area. Like we've got like, all the part timers yeah. you need. Yeah, but only two full time. But that's it. Detectives did a lot of work. They spoke to everyone that was walking on the trail on July 24th, asked them if they had seen anything, had seen April. One person said that they saw something suspicion, suspicious. They saw two older white males jumping into a beaten up old white van. Why is oh, it always a white van? And there you go, right there. That's Bam. your, there's your scene. Signed, sealed, and delivered. And thank you, good night. Right. <laughs> Police campaigned everywhere to track down these two white males. However, they found when they found these males, they were ruled out as suspects. Oh. I did know that when I wrote these notes, by the way. I just wanted to like make Look a big deal. Look at me labeling things. Well, the white van, I'm sorry. And if you drive one, reconsider a paint job. Please do. It's never good. And a teaching moment for me because I just uh, assumed that they were guilty. Those, those were the two. Shame right. on me. Like you said, it was a, it was a it was, teaching moment I for did, everyone. I learned a lesson. Police received thousands of tips, so... What they decided they had to do was kind of come up with a theory based on the crime scene and all the texts that they saw, things like that. They believe that April was walking Penny on the trail when an older man spotted her and approached her to try to talk, like flirt with her. They believe that April ignored him and he tr- and tried to walk away. And this is when she texts her boyfriend. That, oh, okay. Oh, oh I, know. I almost got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. She continued to walk when the man approached her again, but this time he was angry because she had denied his advances. You know, delicate egos can't handle rejection. Mm-hmm. They believe that April continued to ignore him, and, and this is when he snapped and hit her over the head and then dragged her into the wooded area where he continued to beat her and eventually murder her. They believe that she was attacked between 6.30 and 6.45. Now, they also have GPS information from the text that they got from the mobile phone network. Police used this GPS information that placed April on this trail at a particular time and reached out to people who were walking along the same area around the same time. One individual came forward to say that he had seen a younger girl he believed to be April and a much older man on a blue motorbike. Oh, no. Okay. So not a white man. No. Not a white van, but a blue motorbike. Now suspicious. Yes. Okay. Detectives used this information to put on the news asking if anyone had seen a blue motorbike in the park that day. It took a few weeks, but they finally found April's phone, which was around a mile or two away from where she was murdered. When investigators turned the phone on, they saw that April had a fitness tracker app that was on at the time of her murder. And we're also going to call this Karma Bitch. Oh, yeah. So this particular fitness tracker app logs your route, your pace, and your time, and the time. This allowed police to have an exact time frame and movements of April and her phone. Detectives used this information and and, and could figure out, like, compare the timeline that they had made through the text messages that she had sent to her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were able to see that when she had sent that message to her boyfriend, her pace was quicker. She was walking away faster. Picking Mm -hmm. it up at that time. Yep. And she had started to move in the opposite direction. So, like, she's getting, trying to get away. So, yeah, she's like running away from this guy. And she's running back home. She's in the opposite direction of of the direction that she was going, but she's going back towards home and sends that text. It is clear, it was clear to officers that she was trying to get away from the murderer. Based on her pace, her heart rate increase, mm-hmm. everything. And it's believed that he continued to follow her. This, At this point in time, her route freezes and she doesn't go any further. 
However, for a few minutes, her phone is just moving around in the same spot. Mm. So that's like the, the struggle. struggle. Mm-hmm. Yep. They believe that she was really fighting back with her attacker. And then the tracker picks up movement again. The phone begins to move from the scene where April Milhap's body was found, but at the rate of 20 miles per hour. Like suggesting on a motorbike. Oh, yeah. Yes, April. I'm so glad she had this app. Everybody get yourself a fitness app. Even if it's not to close the rings. Take 10 steps a day. (laughs) I don't care, but have this app on your phone. Have the app. Yes. This information made detectives look look into the suspect that was on a blue motorbike scene at the park. And actually what the FBI officers do is position themselves at every single exit and entry of Armada. Mm. And so no one was able to go in or out. Without good, speaking good to the thinking. police. So they ask everyone the same question. Uh, who do you know? Do you know anybody who owns a blue motorbike? And eventually a woman told police her neighbor owned a blue and white motorbike. The woman told police that she hadn't seen the motorbike in a couple of weeks, which she thought was really weird because he went everywhere on that thing. But hmm. around the time of the murder, she didn't see him with it anymore. Oh, you wouldn't say. Weird, right? So police asked her who her neighbors were, and she said it was a father and son who were both named James Van Callis. Police began looking into these two men. Police began looking into these two men. James Van Callis was 66 years old, and he had a son named James Van Callis who had a girlfriend and a son. So Please don't tell me that they were named James Van Callis as well. (laughs) The girlfriend's son. We've got a lot of James Van Callis going on. Police looked at both men's criminal histories. 32-year-old James Van Callis had a couple of different records for breaking and entering, general misconduct and drugs. So, like, he's a garbage person. Yeah. yeah. While 66-year-old James Van Callis had a more concerning concerning record. This Uh will come as no surprise when I tell you that he was a registered sex offender. Oh, here we go. He was a repeat offender of criminal sexual misconduct with children, many of whom were under the age of 13. Oh. Oh, it just... Doesn't it just make you terrified when you hear these things as a parent? Like, yep. you know, because and to me, a 14-year-old girl walking her dog out on a bike trail, not a big deal. Yep. Okay. But now I'm like, nope. And we have the registries. We can look up the registries. We can. we can see how safe our neighborhood is, whatever. But what you can't see is who, A, isn't registering, and B, who is traveling into your area to perpetrate on Exactly. The children. So, or the, oh, the so, people. I'm not faulting her mom. Like, of not at all. Not. That's not at all what I was implying. It's just like a harmless act. Absolutely. Enjoying we should, the evening. Quite frankly, a 14 year old good girl should be able to go take a walk from her home with her dog for she crying should. out loud. This is so sad. Oh, my gosh. Satan's toenails. It's just horrible. <laughs> So this was extremely concerning to the police, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So they go and raid the Van Callis home. During the search, they find marijuana in the home. So they were able to arrest both men on these drug charges because back in 2014. It was illegal. This was illegal, yep. While both men were in custody, police took their DNA, which was tested against the crime scene in April's body. But no matches were found to either men. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, other officers were questioning neighbors and found out that 32-year-old James Van Callis owned a blue motorbike and none of them had seen it in the last couple of weeks since the murder. So that's twice now that they're hearing mm-hmm. this. During the search of the home, they were not able to find the motorbike. However, they did find a helmet and other biking gear. 66-year-old James Van Callis was put on bond for the drug charges. He was released on bond, excuse me. 
for the drug charges while police still had who they believed was their suspect, 32-year-old James Van Callis, in custody. Police continued their search of the home, specifically looking for a particular pair of shoes due to the crime scene evidence. And if, if you remember from the autopsy, they found footprints, footprints. on her body. Yes. So their print was from a pair of Nike Jordans. But the police were unable to find a pair in the Van Callis home. But instead, they found a potential link to the trainers on James Van Callis's phone. While searching his phone, they found a video that briefly showed him wearing a pair of Nike Jordans. Oh. Brilliant. Go through yeah, his videos. Absolutely. And he happened to get his own foot in a video, some random video that he took on his phone. They were also able to find on his phone the history of his many searches of younger girls. 32-year-old James Van Callis was charged with first-degree murder, murder during another felony, and assault with intent to rape. Now, Van Callis's, Van Callis's defense argued that police had it out for James even though there was no link or evidence between April and himself. During the trial, prosecutors came to say that they believed the item used to attack April was a motorcycle helmet. Oh, there we go. Yes. Now, James's defense argued that there was no tire tracks around the scene, nor did investigators find Nike Jordans in his home. But prosecutors then brought James Van Kellis's girlfriend, Crystal, to the stand as a witness. She told the court the night of April, Van, er, April Millsap's murder, she came down around 3 a.m. to find James cleaning his shoes and helmet with hand sanitizer. Oh, my. Well, that's going to tear a relationship up pretty quickly. I think that there'd be some 3 a.m. questions. Absolutely. Like, what you what, doing? <laughs> what you doing down here? It's 3 a.m. What's the hand sanitizer mm -hmm. for on your shoes? Weird. Mm -hmm. It's called hand sanitizer, not foot sanitizer, you moron. At least she stepped up to testify, yep. though. Like, yep. good for her. She told the court James had come home around 9 p.m. and everything was fine. And the two of them went to bed. But then she, she was woken up at 3 a.m. and he had gone back out again and found him back home cleaning his trainers and helmet. It was never revealed what James was doing when he went out during the evening. She also said that the first time police had come to speak to James, he told her he really messed up this time and that he needed her to stick by him as well as telling her if anyone asks, I was wearing K-Swiss trainers that night, even though she remembers him wearing the Jordans. Yeah, no, James, sorry. Witnesses also came to the stand to say that they had seen April with James on the trail that day. Witnesses said that they had seen James approach April, as well as seeing April looking nervous, walking a few feet in front of James, uh, who looked angry. This is where I'm just like, if somebody would have just, like, intervened. Like, are you okay? I, Honey, yeah. are you okay? If they see her mm -hmm. looking nervous, it's like... There's nothing ever wrong with asking a young girl, or even a young, or a young boy. Or just, like, hanging around for a yep. minute. Is everything okay? Keeping them in eyesight for a mm -hmm. while, until you're confident that that person is safe. I actually... Um, did that myself. Quick, super quick story. I was on the bike trail and there was a small child walking down and she seemed lost. So I like turned around and walked with her until she found her parent. Yeah. And I mean, this oh. we're talking tiny five-year-old child. Oh. And I was like, nope. Yeah, Mama's exactly. not going to let this happen today. And <laughs> you so, come here, baby. Yep. Let me. <laughs> you, you come here right now. Right. Yeah, so I mean, it just like a quick little, okay, I'm just going to like make sure she's okay. For sure. You know. And make sure she stays that way. Mm -hmm. She's okay right now. Let's make sure she's going to, you know, yeah. yeah, stay that way. Or that she wasn't running from someone who's not supposed to have her or whatever. Exactly. It's just so scary. 
So other witnesses did come forward to testify that they saw James walking out of the wooded area alone looking nervous. So we've got people that say, yeah, I saw her walking in front of him. And then I saw him, other people saying, yeah, we saw him walking out alone. So like he's in the park that day uh-huh. around the time of like the murders. He's literally been seen everywhere in the park. Right. And all witnesses that had came forward were able to describe the man seen with April and a con- composite s- sketch was made. And it absolutely looks exactly like him. And so. that's from all the separate witnesses, mm-hmm. all separate interviews coming up with the same. This is like a flawless. Right. The people coming together. Yes, exactly. Crystal told the court James wouldn't tell her what happened. So she went into his backpack he always carried around and found a hoodie that had grass and mud all over it, as well as clumps of long hair. The color oh. of the hair was a match to April Millsap's hair. At the end of the trial in 2016, it took the jury very little time to deliver their verdict. James Van Callis was found guilty on all charges and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. As James was walking out of the courtroom after receiving his verdict, his mother shouted, James, we love you. To this day, the Van Callis family believes that James is innocent and was framed by the police. But framed framed by the police, but his girlfriend came forward and testified against him. And then all those random witnesses, I, I suppose that they probably think the random witnesses that came forward were by the police. But they received so many tips that I think they were able to get the right ones and... I understand from a family perspective. I get it. Sure. I do. But I am all about Crystal testifying because how many times do we see someone that won't stand up and testify against their partner? Yeah. Or they lie for them. Time and time again. So Crystal's like, yeah, I saw him cleaning at 3 a.m. And they had a son. So, I mean, it's not like, you know. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Yeah. She laid it all out there. Well, and the other thing, if the police were going to frame someone, I mean, their most likely suspect here was his father, 66-year-old James Van Callis, who had already been in on, he's on the sex offender registry. He's a repeat offender of criminal sexual misconduct with children under the age of 13. That's who I thought we were going to be looking at, Absolutely, and I'm sure that's exactly who they thought, too. Mm -hmm. Until So, if the police were going to frame anyone... That would be the easier suspect to go after. That's exactly. I thought you were going to tell me that it was him. Right. I was surprised when it was the son. Yep. Yep. So they still, you know, maintain his his innocence. From a family perspective, I get it. And they've got that video that he's wearing the Jordans. Yeah. And just because you didn't find the Jordans does not mean he's in a video wearing them. And they... That is the same shoe that was found on the markings on her body. Well, and with that app, they were able to piece together what happened And, you know, obviously someone with a motorbike and then he was seen with the motorbike. It's like exactly like the universe conspired with this one until the time. Karma sure did. Right. Yes. Like this one is a this is what we like to hear. Like he got caught. Yes. The evidence was there and everybody came together. The police did an amazing investigation. Like the people got it. It's just, I know. I mean, I'm so sorry this this poor girl was murdered. But this is the kind of case where it's like, yes. We get the, you know, we finally see the justice Mm -hmm. work, you know, work out. Yeah. So rest in peace. Beautiful April. She is gorgeous. I bet she is. Of course. And it's just such a, a sad, tragic waste of life, of the fact that she was not having his advances and it made him angry. So, mm-hmm. so there he goes. And it's just what a cowardly but. thing to do. I'm glad she fought back because it sounds like she did. And he, he didn't win. I mean, he murdered her, obviously, but he didn't do what he was intending to do. Right. Right. So exactly. that makes me happy to know that he 
he didn't accomplish. I know that his is sick, that is one know. good thing that could come from this is that mm-hmm. he was not able to successfully make this, make this even more horrific. Yep, for absolutely, her, um, and for her family. So good job, Penny the dog. Oh my gosh, and the Penny. fitness tracker that just hurt my heart when I you know. told me about that. So that's that's that. This is, I know it's just a quick little nugget. There wasn't a ton of information because like it was pretty so. like cut and dry, but. We've done some long ones recently, so I was trying to give the people yeah, just, just like a little little nugget of, of yes of murder. Of awesome, murder. we bring you the murder. A little six piece of yeah. <laughs> of murder. Well, do you have a delightful brain bath for well, us? I think I'll read you a couple because I thought to go with our week, our theme this week, I wanted to come up with some karma stories. So I found this article titled 53 Times Karma Taught Assholes a Valuable Lesson. Ooh. So I'm hooked already. Let's peruse some of these, shall we? Shall we? One of them is Karma Wins Again. <laughs> it was actually a tweet by Sean Sparling. The man who just drove into the parking space I was waiting for and told me to F off has arrived for his interview with me. <laughs> Uh, yes, I love it. <laughs> and he said, hashtag karma wins again. <laughs> That's love good. it. Love it. Um, this one, don't steal it from the fridge. This is a note that was on a fridge, apparently. To the culprit who ate what you thought was peanut butter ice cream bars. Uh-oh. Those were actually laxatives for my dog <laughs> that had to be kept frozen. I hope you enjoyed a weekend of lava butt. Oh. Karma's a bitch. Don't steal it from the fridge if it's not yours. Love, constipated dog owner. <laughs> oh, that must have been a rough weekend. Oh, why would you steal something from a fridge that you're not confident of what it is? Like, I would never. Oh, no, me neither. I would never think of doing something like that. No, and with my that. luck, that, that's what would happen to me if La- I did. Laxative dog bars. Keep that in mind, people. You could be, you could, could be. have lava butt. <laughs> this this one was a is just like a Facebook message. Yep, karma's a bitch, especially that instant kind. Dear random hitchhiker, and this is someone's Facebook post. I did not have to give you a ride and bum you a smoke. How do you repay my kindness? You stole my pack of cigarettes. Well, my friend, in your haste to leave before I noticed your thievery, you forgot your backpack, which appears to contain everything you own. In the bed of my truck, I have your phone, all of your toiletries, a change of clothes, your address book, $1.83 in coins, and several small sentimental-looking items. I will call it an even trade. You (laughs) traded everything you own for 18 cigarettes. Sincerely, karma's a bitch. (laughs) Hope it was worth it, sir. $1.83 in coins. I like that they counted it. Me too. (laughs) Oh, those are good. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, this is another thievery one. Tell me another one. Thanks for the laughs. This will be the last one. I'll let you go after this. To the girl who stole the grenadine bottle from behind the bar and drank half of it. Grenadine is not alcoholic. It is a fancy cordial. I knew who you were at the end of the night. You had it all over your mouth area. You cost us, I estimate, $2. (laughs) You probs put on 600 calories in pure sugar. Thanks for the laughs. Oh, my gosh. Grenadine is no joke. I don't even know how you could successfully chug that. But I super love that this nightclub was like, you probs probs put on 600 calories. (laughs) 
<laughs> so all all of those white claws you were consuming throughout the night to watch your carbs and sugars, all it's all for naught because you stole our grenadine and chugged it, <laughs> costing us two dollars and you six hundred calories. Yep. Oh, oh so, my gosh, that was so great. That's it. And you know what? I think for the next case. I'll do more karma stories because you know that what? was fun. I like that's it. our theme this week, and I enjoy them. Thank you, thank you. So, okay. Aside from the murder, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and we hope you keep listening. Follow us on social media. Talk to us. We love, love, love to hear your guys' take on these cases. If you want to request cases, you're totally welcome oh, to yes. do that too. We, we love, love that. requests. You can email us crimecurious at yahoo.com just for shits and gigs if you want. We love, we, we, love we love the it. gigs. We, we love them. So, all right. Until then, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.